for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show, Super Bowl week has arrived, so we thought it only made sense to kick off a week of talk leading up to Lombardi with Niners beat writer David Lombardi as he helps us peel away the numerous layers of the fascinating matchup that awaits us this Sunday in Miami. It's Monday, January 27th. Well, David, we had you on before the NFC Championship, and I would say that that one worked out okay. So we figured we better get David back. So let's dive into your process of diving into Super Bowl 54. Where did you start when it came to breaking down this matchup? Well, you start with the reputation of Kansas City, and the reputation of Kansas City is a scary one. I was in the locker room after the NFC Championship, and that's one of the things I started asking people about. It was a little awkward because everybody's partying, right, and everybody's having a good time. But Kansas City is the type of opponent that will get your attention even during the celebration of the title game before that. I don't think that just any opponent would get the 49ers' attention in that way. For example, had Tennessee won the AFC title game, I doubt anybody's talking about Tennessee in the locker room at Levi Stadium after the NFC Championship. They don't start talking about them till a couple days down the line. But Kansas City, I mean, this is the marquee matchup. I think this is the one the NFL likely wanted behind closed doors in their league offices. This is one of the most explosive quarterbacks that we've ever seen in Patrick Mahomes against the 49ers offense that's explosive both running and passing the ball. So we have that pitted against each other and obviously the 49ers have a historic defense this year when they've been healthy they've done stuff that we've never seen before this year as far as sack rate goes and and as far as uh, some pass defense goes against some good quarterbacks so you look at this matchup and you realize that it's a seismic matchup I mean this is a big deal this is two great teams going at each other and it's going to be a heavyweight fight that's what Robert Sala called it when I asked him in that locker room after the NFC title game and I think that uh, fans are going to you know, be in for a treat. I think that's how you have to look at this. You have to look at this as two really, really good football teams. And then that's where the dissection begins. That's where you try to find who has the edge. And, and it's a nuanced matchup this time, that's for sure. And I know that you always love to start by looking ahead to matchups, usually by looking back, David. So what does recent history tell us about these two clubs? Well, they're intertwined. And In a way, it almost feels preordained because you go back to Joe Montana and Steve Young. Why don't we rewind all the way back to the 1990s for a second? Joe Montana was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs in 1993. San Francisco still will have the Golden Gate Bridge, cable cars, Fisherman's Wharf, North Beach, and the best marriage of city, sea, and sky in America. But it will no longer have Joe Montana. We are very, very pleased to officially announce that Joe Montana... Uh, His lovely wife, Jennifer, and all of their family are officially Kansas City Chiefs. Steve Young took over as the 49ers' starting quarterback. He actually was a starting quarterback already before then, but they still had Montana on the team, and he was dealing with, with injury issues in the early 90s before the 49ers finally parted ways with him. In 1993, Joe Montana experienced a return to health and productivity, but this time in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform. It seemed for a while that Young and Montana, 49ers and Chiefs, might be on a collision course. They both reached their respective conference title games. However, mm-hmm. Steve Young lost to the Cowboys. Joe Montana and the Chiefs, they also lost. They didn't make it. 
So we never saw the Super Bowl between the 49ers and the Chiefs that a lot of people at the time were talking about. The next season, Joe Montana and Steve Young did play. The Chiefs actually beat the 49ers at Arrowhead Stadium 24-17. San Francisco at Kansas City week two. Joe Montana against Steve Young. Joe Montana, the legend, against the team that he made legendary. Montana looking up the middle. Touchdown this time to Keith Cash. Going deep. That picked off. Intended for Rice. William White. Young. Going to take off. From behind. Ball's loose and the Chiefs had it. Montana could say that it didn't mean anything to him. But he's showing that it did mean something to him now. We uh, didn't see the Super Bowl that year either. The Chiefs only made it to the wild card game. 49ers won the Super Bowl in Miami of all places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so now let's fast forward 25 years. The intertwined history of these two franchises still seems to be there even in the modern day. It actually started with Kyle Shanahan getting hired in 2017. His very first football game as the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers was against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a preseason game. In 2017, Kendrick Bourne actually scored a touchdown in that game wearing number six. And, you know, he was an undrafted rookie at the time. No guarantee of making the team. He's still super excited about that, even though he's now wearing number 84. You move forward to 2018. 49ers Chiefs, week three, Arrowhead Stadium. Patrick Mahomes lights up a much worse 49ers defense. Play action, Mahomes boots to the right, stops outside the hash mark, fires the deep pass down the middle for Hill, leaping catch, and he makes it inside the 10. Oh, that's a shame. Down at the eight. Tyreek Hill alone to the right against Witherspoon. Mahomes throws a slant off the left to Watkins. Missed tackle, two missed tackles, and he goes in for a touchdown. Jimmy Garoppolo tears his ACL. Jimmy stepping up, avoiding a rusher, spinning out to his left. Can he make something happen? Looking toward the end zone, not going to run sideline. Garoppolo to the 10. Garoppolo takes a hit, and he's down at the 8. And he's hurt. At the 7, and Garoppolo is a little slow getting up. And that set in motion the events for this collision to happen in the Super Bowl. Because the 49ers finished 4-12 and after Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL, that allowed them to draft Nick Bosa. That allowed them to take their defense to the next level, and so did trading with the Chiefs, of all teams, mm-hmm. for D. Ford. The pass rush is bookended by products of stuff that the Chiefs did, right? D. Ford comes in from a trade from Kansas City, and Nick Bosa is drafted by the 49ers because Jimmy Garoppolo tears his ACL in Kansas City. So we could fast forward another year to Jimmy Garoppolo returning to health and returning to confidence during the preseason this year at Kansas City again. check is split out to the right. Two to the right, two to the left on first and 10 from the KC 20. Looking left corner, end zone, sideline, diving catch. Touchdown 49ers. How about that? Brita down the sideline. Yet check to the right, Brita to the left. Garoppolo lofts it in the left corner. And a chunk play results in the TD. Having a good year. 49ers defense behind Bosa, Ford, and all those guys has a great year. And now we set up the Super Bowl. And it's Super Bowl LIV, Super Bowl Live, 54, 49ers Chiefs in Miami. So sorry for the elongated explanation, but I think it was preordained. No, I wanted all of that because I think you hit the nail on the head, David. It just feels like this matchup was supposed to happen. So that is the history for the folks who didn't know of all the ties dating back, gosh, when you said 25 years, 
I suddenly feel even older than I was feeling coming into this interview. So we've looked back. Now let's look ahead. When you look at these two teams, you mentioned it briefly off the top, but you look at these two teams in 2019. Let's compare their efficiencies. Let's talk about their offenses to start. How do they compare? Well, the two offenses, well, the Chiefs, you have a top five offense unquestioned. You know, you have... Patrick Mahomes leading the charge. He has a ton of fast weapons. When you compare these two teams, you can say that they're the two fastest teams in the NFL, and there actually are a lot of NFL next-gen stats that corroborate that. The average speed of the wide receivers and the running backs on the field, it's 1-2 49ers and Chiefs throughout all of those. So you have two extremely fast teams. With the Chiefs, they have a real, real gunslinger, a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, a guy who can throw from several different arm angles, who can roll out, and he can just launch the ball. He's got natural arm talent. His dad, of the same name, Pat Mahomes, was an MLB pitcher. Obviously, you know the genetics there passed down to Patrick Mahomes, yeah. who can throw the football better than, I think, probably anybody that we, we've ever seen before. He threw it out of Arrowhead Stadium to do a commercial oh uh, before this season. And Arrowhead Stadium's a bit yeah. a bigger stadium. So you have a lot of that. You have a lot of the you know, 49ers fans actually might take comfort in this analogy. There was a whole ton of hype around Dan Marino entering the Super Bowl that ended the 1984 season. The Miami Dolphins, Dan Marino against Joe Montana and the 49ers. The pregame hype before then was about how great Dan Marino's arm was and how the 49ers wouldn't be able to stop him or wouldn't be able to keep up with him. What happened is the 49ers won that game 38-16 to because they had a very balanced offense, an offense that used a ton of different receivers. Joe Montana spread the ball around, and they could both run and catch the ball. Roger Craig had three touchdowns. Montana, look Touchdown 49ers, and this is what we anticipated. An offensive show. Underneath to Roger Craig, and he's down. Roger Craig coming from the right side, crossing the middle, all alone. Touchdown 49ers from 16 yards out. It was a very versatile effort, and I think that's what the 49ers counter with offensively this year, a very balanced offense. They've only had to throw the ball, what, 27 times in this postseason yeah, to blow much. out yeah, to blow out two opponents. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that shows you how strong this team is, that's the stat. They only had to throw it eight times to blow out the Packers. So going off of that, because I've already been reading, you know, is that an advantage for the 49ers? Because the Chiefs are going to have so little postseason film on Jimmy Garoppolo when it comes to the passing game. Or do you see that as a disadvantage? Where do you come down on that argument? Well, it's a huge advantage because A, it underlines how good the 49ers are. If you can bully NFL football teams without throwing the ball, you're rewinding this back to JV football in high school. I mean, this is not supposed to happen in the NFL. You're not supposed to be able to telegraph exactly what you're doing and then still have it work. And that's what the 49ers did against both the Vikings and the Packers. They ran 40 plus times and said, hey, here, stop it. We're going to beat you anyway. In the NFL, when the athletes are supposedly so evenly matched, and they are evenly matched, we know athletically there's not much of a gap, that kind of dominance is not supposed to happen. There needs to be a little bit more balance, typically. But the 49ers have, uh, you know, over the past two weeks, and they've made that not necessary. Now, I think that that won't continue to be the case against the Chiefs. I think that the, the 49ers will still run the ball successfully, but I think that it's going to require a little bit more balance 
because the Chiefs have a little bit longer to prepare. And it's just the, the, the natural byproduct of things. After enough successful running on film, there has to be a counterbalance. The NFL always seems to bring things back to some sort of equilibrium. And that's going to make the 49ers show off both the passing and the running aspects of their offense. Let's talk about the defenses now, because as you mentioned, 49ers have been running the heck out of the ball. The Chiefs were the first team to finally stop Derrick Henry of the Titans in the AFC Championship. So how are the defenses stacking up? That's where the 49ers have the advantage on paper in this game. You have that 49ers pass rush, which they hope is the key to slowing Patrick Mahomes. Because I'll tell you this, secondary against receivers, there is no secondary in the NFL that can cover Kansas City's receiving arsenal for more than X amount of seconds. I don't know what what exactly that time is, but... That's the case, I guess, in all of football. At some point, receivers are going to get open for Kansas City. That point is much sooner than with other teams because they're Mm -hmm. so fast with Tyreek Hill. You have Sammy Watkins playing some of the best football of his career. And then you have Travis Kelsey, who brings a George Kittle-like effect to the tight end position as far as receiving the football goes. So you're going to have to cut off the time to throw. That's the only way that this is going to work for the 49ers. And that's nothing against their secondary. That's just the reality of how good the Chiefs are offensively. So it's it's all about the pass rush. And the 49ers pass rush is healthy right now. It's going to have to be disciplined because Mahomes is also elusive. He can run. And it's going to have to be strong. It's not a great Chiefs offensive line. They're about halfway in, you know, in the rankings and pass block win rate. So it's going to be up to Bosa. It's going to be up to... It's going to be up to Ford. It's going to be up to DeForest Buckner. It's going to be up to Eric Armstead to make sure that the pass rush is disciplined and that it's ferocious and that it continues to play that it has the way that it has been playing while that core has been healthy. And if that happens, I think the 49ers will have enough juice to slow Mahomes more than his previous opposition has. Well, you mentioned D Ford earlier playing for the Chiefs from. 2014 to 2018, obviously. What did he say about getting a shot at his former team in the Super Bowl? D Ford is excited. He is, you know, one of the guys that got me thinking about all these connections, actually, because yeah. he he said, you know, it's you get traded, you come over to a new team, and especially the year after he lined up offsides against the Patriots in the yeah. AFC title game, that that probably cost the Chiefs a spot in. Last year's Super Bowl, I think it probably cost the Chiefs the Super Bowl because I think they would have beaten the Rams. But, you know, you said after all that, you come over to a new team and it'd be something, you know, it'd be special if you played your old team, the Chiefs, in the regular season. It was special when we played him in the preseason, even though Ford wasn't playing back then. But the fact that you play him in the Super Bowl, you just said, that's crazy, man. I got some uh, old brothers out there. There's going to be a lot of love, like old times. And uh, they already know I'm coming, and I already know they're coming, so it's going to be a great battle. His eyes, like, popped out of his head. He was like, oh, man, that is wild. So I think that, uh, you know, there there is a lot to say about this matchup being when it is uh, for, for all the marbles and D. Ford now being on the other side. And, you know, D. Ford is so important to the 49ers. We should just nip that in the bud, too. There was so many people just a few weeks ago talking about the 49ers somehow parting ways with him. He still has four more years on his contract, and they thought that he was too injury-prone to keep. It's No, this guy, when he's in the football game, completely transforms the defense. And the fact he's on the 49ers now instead of the Chiefs is a big deal. 
Well, and as you mentioned, uh, the connection with D. Ford and the Chiefs, that's not the only connection. Obviously, Mike and Kyle Shanahan and Miami connections as well. So for folks who, again, maybe aren't as old as you and me, David, fill us in on some other connections that we have to look forward to. Well, in, in this game, you know, you go back to I thought the funniest one ever was the was the Montana one because he <laughs> was able to tweet the other day. He posted a picture of his 49ers uniform and his Chiefs uniform, <laughs> and he tweets, I can guarantee that my team will win the Super Bowl, which I got a <laughs> chuckle out of. You know, That's a little good. Bit. Yeah. yeah, so some some simple humor over there. You have the ties in that regard and you know just in franchise history it seems that 49ers quarterbacks always seem to go and end up playing for the Chiefs and it's not just Joe Montana and I know Steve Young wasn't one of those guys but Alex Smith was mm-hmm. recent, right? right? You had Steve Bono yep. before. <laughs> I think Steve DeBerg played for both teams. Mm-hmm. So there there was this weird 49ers Chiefs uh, relationship as far as all the quarterbacks go. And then, you know, I know it's not a, a, a tie per se, but Andy Reid being on the other side of things as far as play calling in this game goes, he's the one that runs the Kansas City offense. That's, to me, it just creates a fascinating matchup because he's known as one of the best, one of the most creative minds in the league. And he's an older guy, right? He's been around for a while. People are saying, you know, he needs to fit a Super Bowl championship in because he hasn't won one yet, wasn't able to quite take it all the way in, in Philadelphia. And then you have the younger guy on the other side and Kyle Shanahan. You know, I don't want to say the master against the apprentice here, although Reed is older. I'm sure Shanahan has borrowed some stuff and some ideas from Reed over the course of the years. But you have that whole dynamic of old guard versus new guard as far as the coaching staffs go. And that, to me, is one thing that really pops out. You know, that to me is going to be symbolic of where the NFL is headed, how things are shifting. And of course, with the of course with the Chiefs you you have that youthful component as well. I don't want to make it sound like it's Andy Reid and a bunch of guys who have you know won a ton for years. You have Mahomes who's like the new guard of NFL quarterbacks there as well. So it's very intricate and intertwined. But between the history of both franchises and uh, you know where we're at right now with the leadership on both of these teams, I think it sets up for very compelling and fascinating storylines. Oh, man. Well, I cannot wait until Sunday. David, thank you for helping us kick off the week. Have a great time in Miami. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, it's almost like David knew what we'd be talking about in our next pod on Wednesday. As he mentioned, Kyle Shanahan isn't the only great play caller that's going to get a chance to shine on Sunday. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, the winningest head coach in NFL history who's yet to lift the Lombardi Trophy, is a fascinating story as well which is why we're heading out to Kansas City to catch up with our national NFL writer, Lindsey Jones, to learn more about the former San Francisco State offensive line coach. Yep, (laughs) did you know that? First real gig of Reed's career. He coached up the Gators O-line before he headed down to northern Arizona. Needless to say, his journey, it's been a long one. And Lindsey's going to help us understand why pretty much everyone who isn't a 49ers fan is going to be rooting for Reed on Sunday. For David's fantastic coverage of the 49ers as they get set for Sunday, just click the link in the description notes of today's podcast. All right, that's your update for this Super Bowl Monday. Thanks to my old friends at KNBR for the sound. As always, if you're enjoying the pod, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. And if that's not your thing, 
that's cool too. We so appreciate your support. I'm Kate Scott. Thanks so much for listening to the Monday edition. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday.